0: everybody gene valentino grassroots truth cast welcome to another edition of our show we try to do social political public interest broadcasts that run about 30 minutes each and every time my guest today tracy slepchevick she's the author of warrior mom an electronic book i'll let her describe welcome aboard tracy
1: hi thanks for having me gene
0: what's this book all about warrior mom
1: So in 2006, my son was vaccine injured and he regressed into a state of autism. And when I saw that they were coming out with a COVID vaccine, I felt compelled to write my story of healing. So many years ago, when he regressed into a state of autism, doctors told me my son would never function again. But a very dear friend of mine, who's a naturopathic doctor, told me otherwise. He said, you know what, Tracy, Noah's going to be fine. I want you to go home and I want you to do your homework because I truly feel like Noah can make a recovery. You know, so many kids are responding to biomedical intervention. And back then I had no idea what the heck biomedical intervention was. I knew a lot about nutrition, which was great because that is how my journey began is beginning, you know, with healing the gut. But so I, I dug deep. I felt like this was my, my big you know, fork in the road. I could have wallowed in my own self-pity, woe is me, my, my kid has autism, or just suck those tears back up and got to work. So I did. And I became, you know, a major research junkie going to conferences, you know, Google searches. Now, back then you could Google search healing autism and you could get so many different references and what to do and, and where to go. Today, your Google search is, is going to take you on a wild goose chase, obviously, because so much stuff has been scrubbed. And when you use the words, you know, healing along with autism, it, it's crazy because autism itself is just a controversial subject. So a very dear friend of mine had wrote a book and I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to write a book in, about my story of healing Noah. And she's like, so what's stopping you? So this began my journey. And what did you
0: realize during the process of the book?
1: You know, it was such an emotional journey writing this book because this was so long ago. It was, you know, the regression started in in 2006 and 2007. And I didn't find out he had autism till 2009.
0: How How old was he when you realized it?
1: When I was actually when I actually got a diagnosis was he was three and a half years old. He was almost four, so that was the, you know that was the the beginning of two thousand nine where I was given the diagnosis.
0: And one of the things I have family members who have autism too. Actually, two are Aspergers oriented, and the other one is full blown autism. Excuse me. And he's. Uh, and and they do seem now that they understand uh, where they are today on the spectrum, they they end up being able to create a recovery plan. the elimination of this neurological disorder it doesn't go away,
1: but it's manageable. Isn't that right? Absolutely. So when, wh- when we talk about, about biomedical, it's really digging deep in addressing all those underlying conditions that present those symptoms of, you know, my son lost his pe- speech. He lost his motor skills, some cognitive ability. So, in and you have to understand the nervous system is connected to the brain. So really we wonder which, which brain is your first brain. I really believe it's your gut so all these you know so all these vaccines that they're giving are making them immunocompromised and when that happens and the immune system breaks down and it's not able to fight off these viruses that are shoved into them you find that these kids have a regression but most of all they get ear infections asthma allergies all this stuff and then they're pumped with drugs and antibiotics which really, really messes with the gut. I'm just going to keep going back to the gut. Yeah. <laughs> so, And, uh, you know, once you heal the gut, you know, that's, that's your, that's your first, you know, obstacle. And, you know, a lot of them, not all of them start to show signs of recovery and as to where they're functional. Now, is autism still a part of my son's life? Absolutely. it It is 100%. But he's fully functioning. He could drive, he could take care of himself, he could cook, he can, you know, he could live on his own. I'm certain of it. He, and, okay,
0: before you go, before you go any further, let's get a plug in on the book. It's Warrior Mom, our guest is Tracy Slepchevich. And she has written this book that describes it's an ebook, right?
1: So currently now it's out on ebook. You can pre-order the book and it comes out on April 4th. April is Autism Awareness Month.
0: Oh, um, so good. it was a,
1: a great launch time for my book. And So I wrote this book in three parts. The first part is my story. Now it's a story of trials and tribulations because my husband fights against insurance companies, right? So he ended up losing his company during this time that Noah was diagnosed. We, our house went into foreclosure and it was just uh, all about a clear intention that Steve and I set to heal our son. And what it is that we chose to create for him. Because I truly believe if we get out of this and get into this, then we can we can create anything. So it's a story of hope and inspiration. And I needed that back then. When somebody told me my son had autism, I truly needed to hear that I wasn't alone in the world and that there was hope. So in turn, you know, you have this beautiful story. Of trials and tribulations. And, you know, I end it all with let go and let God, because he's a teenager now. And yeah. teenagers don't ever want to do what their parents tell them to do. Although he he's <laughs> very loving. He's a great kid. And then in part two, I have what what do you do if you think your kid could have autism? As I told you earlier, it took me two and a half years. To try and find out what was wrong with my son you know pediatrician blowing me off he's just fine all this is normal and harbor regional center losing my paperwork several preschools i'm sorry wow. we can't care for your kid he's got special needs honestly i was ready to put my head through a wall so Part two is all about your different resources. What are your questions that you might have? What are the things that you should be asking yourself? What books should you read? You need to read books, not just mine. You need to read books because that's that's what people have to do to get their information out these days. All the different conferences to go to, you know, organizations that'll support you, ones that don't really support you. Right. And, really just all the resources that i thought i could just shove <laughs> into a small portion of my book and then part 3 is all about healing so all the different healing modalities that i used for noah and like i said it all began with you know nutrition and diet and healing the gut and i do have a vaccine chapter in my book but i really paint the picture for parents i give them history of vaccines. I talk about some facts and and it is fact-based. And then I go into Dr. Andrew Wakefield's story. Now he is the director of Vaxxed. He wrote and directed Vaxxed, you know, one and two and some other documentaries. And he's actually just finishing up his film. He made a motion picture and yes, it's It's wonderful, Protocol 007. So, and that is what Merck named it. The whole cover up was Protocol 007. And so I, I talk about this story of his sacrifices, him, you know, relinquishing his medical license to, you know, because he didn't do the puppet show. He didn't do what they asked him to do, you know, go and do a press release, tell them that you don't believe that there's a link between autism and the MMR. And he wouldn't do it. He said, in all good consciousness, I I cannot do that. So he stood up and he's still standing up. He puts his life at risk. He, you know, he goes the distance to to give people information and he's he's willing to sacrifice his life and you know go to prison for it even wow so i i honor him so i wrote a portion about him in my book but really it just talks about healing um i try to stay away from all the controversial stuff to really you know get my parents to focus On the different healing modalities, putting your mind in the right mindset to to heal your child, because where where your mind goes, energy flows. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What what I've learned what I've learned is that first of all, you're not alone. mm -hmm. Uh, You've got one out of every sixty eight children born with some level of ASD autism.
1: One in thirty now.
0: One in thirty. Yes. Wow, that's an update, which means it's at least 1.5% of the population, at least about 40,000 children born every year here in the United States with autism or some version of it. And so how would you describe Noah's? Let's talk about your situation first, your final chapter three, where you're going with your publication, and then what you implied earlier that I think is most interesting is the... What what our society what's swept under the rug, and what's made to be prevalent? What are they wanting us to know, and what are they trying to do to encumber us from our wellness? So first on uh, on on Noah is he, how's he doing?
1: Noah's doing great. So he's seventeen years old, getting ready to graduate from high school with honors he's a very bright and loving kid. And I, you know, it's not just my bias coming into play. He really is a genuine soul. So, so
0: may I, may I jump in? So he must have some sort of individual educational plan that allows him to be gentrified into the norm of the, of the class.
1: Yes. So ever since he was three years old, evaluated through Launch Preschool, which is through the district, they start off by giving them an IEP, which is an individual education plan. And that plan is to really set goals. They set goals for their needs. It provides them services, whether they need speech, occupational therapy, behavioral therapy, whatever it is that they need, goes into that individual education plan. And today, so we just had Noah's very last IEP last week. It was very sad. Mm. And, you know, his teachers were telling me how wonderful he's doing, what a great kid he is, how smart he is, and how he really is an overachiever. (laughs) If he even feels like he's slipping, he's like, what do I got to do to get my grade up? So he, he's done so good. But back then they told me that most likely my son would never fully function again.
0: Hmm. And can he, can he get a job and drive himself to work?
1: He can, he can drive, he can, he can work if he wanted to. He actually does work but he works for himself so he's taken after his parents a little bit he, or does, he can work
0: for his dad and his mom how about that
1: he doesn't want to <laughs> well, he I thinks you are total idea. conspiracy theorists he's like mom i love you i support you and i think you know i'm so proud of you but i, I you know i'm stay. i want nothing to stay on the work way. please don't ask me to be in an interview no <laughs> Smart guy. Um, So, and I truly believe we spoke earlier about where this is headed and, and has it been heading this direction for a long time? I do. So ever since they increased the number of vaccines in 1989 and the rate of autism skyrocketed and it just continues. I mean, when I was in the early 80s, late 70s, My childhood vaccine schedule was about 12 vaccines. We had to be super healthy to get a vaccine. And today it's about 74 vaccines on the childhood vaccine schedule. And now they want to throw a COVID one in there. And I truly feel that what they're trying to do is, is make these kids neurologically challenged so they follow the narrative. They're easily programmable. They they listen to you. You know, I found out that Noah was watching CNN news in oh, wow. in school. I immediately put it in his IEP that he is not to watch any news. He is not there to watch the news. I don't care if it's for current events. You know, have him do something else. I really don't care. But you're not indoctrinating my son.
0: Are you telling me that was being done at the elementary school level or high school level? High
1: school, yeah. And and, uh, this
0: was part of a curriculum where he was listening to CNN news?
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. That's a different topic we'll come to in a minute, (laughs) having to do with indoctrination and what you referred to earlier as what's going on in our society and dumbing down our population. This is another flavor of that that I take great offense to, but let's, let's wrap up on, on autism. Your book is an ebook now, but it's in the paperback sometime in April. And um, uh, where do you want people to go right now today if the, to, to subscribe or get a copy of this?
1: So currently my ebook is only 99 cents for the next week. So for the next week for the next week, and then it goes up to nine ninety nine.
0: Okay. I should tell the audience we're recording this on January the 17th. So next week is the 24th and that's it. And it goes up to.
1: It goes up to $9.99.
0: That's because it's the paperback.
1: It's the ebook.
0: It's the full ebook. Okay.
1: Yep. The paperback will be $17.95 or $18.95, somewhere around there. Good. But they can pre-order the paperback but for now I tell people download the ebook, get the information while you can. You can go to warriormom.org and under the book tab, it'll tell you all the different places you can order an ebook, where you can order a paperback, and if they truly want a signed author copy, they can order a signed author copy for me and I can mail that out, you know, ASAP. So I do have my author copies. And really they can get a book wherever books are sold.
0: Tracy, we'll get you linked into our website too. We have a friends and family page. So, awesome. let's get you let's put a link on our site too and make sure folks if they find you there they can do just what you asked what you were offering.
1: Awesome. That would be wonderful. Okay. I really appreciate it.
0: Let's let's switch gears and talk about autism and the way you were handled in the system. As a consequence of regulation, rules, oversight, what have you experienced on your journey that's caused you and Steve, in a different sense, to step up and have to fight for the rights of individuals that are being denied?
1: So, unfortunately, when you have any child with special needs, not just autism, you have a battle ahead of you, especially with school districts. I can tell you, when Noah was in kindergarten, the Y, the YMCA after-school care, which was right on the school campus, lost my child. So, you know, you see, you see these things on the news. I wasn't even contacted. Nobody contacted me and said, Oh, your child is missing, by the way. And how then did they,
0: how did they lose
1: them? So they went to the schoolyard to play. And Noah, there was a park adjacent to the schoolyard and Noah just wandered off to the park. How do you not see a child just wander off to a park? And so he was out there playing on the hillside. So the the park is on the top of a hill. Literally, he could have fell down the hill, could have been kidnapped, could have been run over by a car because there is a street there. My son wasn't fully functioning at that time. And so I walk in and I'm like, so how'd Noah do today? Oh, well, he wasn't very good today. And just walks off. And I walked up to one of, one of the guys that was over, you know, watching Noah while he was playing. And, and he's like, I, I'm like, what happened? He's like, what? They didn't contact you. And I'm like, does it look like it? And he's like, oh my God, we lost your kid. We had every known adult looking for your child, but didn't contact me. And, and this stuff continued. So I resigned from working. I was working full-time at the time. I resigned so I could stay at home with my son. And then I started volunteering at school and then started to know. So Noah was given a one-on-one paraeducator. And that was that was one for his safety. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, the most important and to keep him on track so he can stay in a mainstream classroom. So I had his second grade teacher who kept pulling. I was volunteering in the classroom and I'm her volunteer and she's pulling Noah's paraeducator away from him to pass out papers. I said, listen, he's he's my son's aide. Don't pull her away from him. And then lo and behold, one day she did it again, right in front of my eyes. And there goes Noah, right out the door. Thank God I was there. And I was so, oh, I was so angry. So I immediately pulled Noah from school. This happened a lot. I constantly pulled Noah from school. First of all, because they put paraeducators with kids and paraeducators have a high school diploma. Education. That's it. No education of of working with children with special needs. No, nothing yeah. here. You can what you're hear.
0: what you're describing is the inadequacies of a public school system that has been that that has its roots in a disrespect for the sc- school system or the teacher. The teacher goes off and finds feels less worthy. So less motivated, less tolerant, and things like this that you just experienced are the consequence of that, I believe. I strongly support, for that reason, chartered school and private school systems that are credentialed and certified to a minimum standard or better, like a Montessori or something else, and the idea being that in that environment, you're going into it knowing that that student is getting the care and consideration that you're paying for. And yeah, you're probably going to end up paying for it, but I also suggest, and I've been talking on the political side with folks to provide, to bring into law language that allows for a tax credit to go against what you and I are paying generally from our property taxes for public education, which is, which you're not getting. Right. Why pay why pay education twice when pay for it twice when you when you're not getting it in the public school system. It's ridiculous that you had to homeschool when it, it, and still pay a public a tax towards public education at the same time. I think we're moving in that direction. I think the reactionary elements of this woke generation and dysfunctional system of education if it doesn't collapse public education as we know it today, some major consequence will morph it into a more more specialized attention. And by the way, get government out of the middle of it if they're not going to manage it, if they're not going to manage it effectively. That's my two cents I wanted to throw in there before we lose our 30 minutes. I did want to ask you to quantify what, how much time you really spent teaching your son in his elementary and high school era, how much time did you have to put in to to giving him the attention he needed because of his special need?
1: So at one point I had to focus my full attention, but I didn't homeschool my kid. And unfortunately, private schools do not honor individual education plans. They don't have to honor it. And Steve and I were struggling financially back then. We didn't have a whole lot. I was depending on biomedical intervention to get my son to a functioning you know, space in his life as to where I didn't have to worry about him having a one-on-one aid or whatever, you know, it, it, that support. And by the time he reached about fourth, fifth grade, he didn't need that. He was doing so well and then I fought oh, with the school district to have the aid taken away because he was so embarrassed by the aid by the time he reached middle school and then I had to fight with AIDS fight with schools constantly it's a constant battle for all parents but it's it's sad I was actually told by a Montessori school that your kid has special needs and he does not belong here so this was my experience of a Montessori school. And so I was left to, to depend on the public school system. Now don't get me wrong, launch preschool where Noah went to preschool and that was public, it was amazing. It was nothing short of amazing. The, the teachers, the staff, and then there was a, a, a beautiful woman who ended up, she. She ran the assist program, and she went from launch preschool over to actually the the elementary school Noah was at, and she actually watched over Noah. So she ran, it was like the behavioral support program, and if Noah was struggling in class, he went to go see Miss Sue. She was such a loving woman, but... She had a son with autism, so she knew she she knew what I was going through. She she was a mentor for me, but I always believe, regardless, God will send you angels to lead you in the right direction if you open your heart to mm-hmm. allow that to happen. And so many times on my journey, I've had so many angels come into my life to really assist me and and go on this journey, and I don't regret it. Not one minute of it. He is an amazing kid. And it led me to write this book. So it's not just a story of hope and inspiration, but it's a guidebook for parents. And I've had parents that don't have special needs kids that read the book and said, it's a super easy read. It's a loving story. I really enjoyed it. And it's good for any parent. Wow! So We're you know. talking
0: with Tracy Slepchevich, the author, of a book entitled Warrior Mom, you can go to www.warriormom.org and uh, subscribe to one of her versions of the of the uh, document. Uh, it's good reading, it's fun reading, and it's it'll give you an insight on autism. I'm certain of that. That you probably have not had before. Great endorsements, including one from Dr. Andrew Wakefield, who wrote the forward in the book and. Gave consideration to Tracy for helping her with the format of it. I'm so glad your son has turned out to be functional and eased your mind in the process. There's all these different flavors of autism that affect the the individual and the family differently. And I'm so glad in today's era, we're getting our arms around it. And we realize it's much more of a disorder in our nation one of the things I'd like to switch to now to what extent has government and the vaccine affected not only autism, but any other disorder you want to speak to?
1: Wow. So that's a loaded <laughs> question. <laughs> um, While you're
0: thinking of the answer to that, I want to compliment your husband, Steve Slepchev. He's sort of in a parallel path doing things he's got a company called SRP Strategic Response Partners. He's basically helping individuals who've suffered damage during disasters that have come to a region. He literally like a paratrooper, sw- uh, swoops into a community, stays deep days or weeks to help in the recovery process for government, the recovery process for associations or, or neighborhoods or individuals and has provides the individual report analytics necessary to help them on their journey of recovery. And this is damage recovery from from such natural disasters. Steve is a perfect compliment to what you've been going through. And for the folks' information, I met Tracy because of Steve and Steve's operation strategic response partners is worth googling and checking out as well. Today I've had the chance to talk with Tracy his wife and to pursue this conversation but what Steve has been involved in on the national level has gone to the borders yeah. and and the um and the issues that have concerned all of us of illegal immigration and Illegals coming in across our borders and bringing with them all sorts of wrongs, terrorists, as well as as well as illegal drugs like fentanyl, fentanyl, by the way, which today has killed more people than those serving in Vietnam and Korea combined. It's an absolute disgrace what's happened on our southern border. And Steve has been part of a reaction plan to help in the southern border activity, including his involvement with former general General Mike Flynn, a real warrior. But uh, what what have you noticed, Tracy, in terms of government using the vaccine to impact not only our young children but any of us?
1: So the the sad thing is it it is is that so many people got the vaccine. That are regretting it, watching Mm. people drop like flies, and just healthy people dying of heart attacks. But put them in a space of scarcity. So when you scare someone to a point as to where you make them think that oh, they're not going to be able to travel, they're not going to be able to go to grocery stores. Now in other countries, that that is the case. I do know for a long time. I'm not sure if it it still stands. But in Australia, those poor people could not go to the grocery store unless they were vaccinated. And today I could tell you, Canada cannot hop on a plane unless they're vaccinated. They're forced to stay home, no travel, no flying. I mean, my husband's cousins who some of them came to the U S had to vaccinate. They had no choice and their little ones. So his, his cousin's daughter, Who's only, I want to say six, seven years old, is having heart problems. Heart problems. So this is what, this is what this is doing. This is really depleting the population. And Bill Gates said it so many years ago at a conference, we need to decrease the population by one third. Well, thank you, Bill Gates, for funding, you know, COVID and Mm -hmm. big pharma and all that so you know Do
0: do you think anybody's connecting the dots
1: i think people are starting to wake up and i don't mean woke i mean they really are starting to wake up because they're like oh my gosh what do i do i had to get the vaccine what what do i do to go to work to be able to work they forced me to vaccinate. I have to feed my family. This was survival. People were doing this to survive. I even at one point, and I can't believe I even said this at one point, I'm like, Steve, if it comes down to it, I am already vaccine injured. I will get the vaccine. I need you to take care of Noah. Okay. I'll get the vaccine so I can go to the grocery store. And so I can we go had to- We had
0: two people congress a candidate for congress running in this area and uh, she was uh, she was uh, she's military and so was her husband and uh, she could not they were trying to have children and i mean it was a difficult situation because they the vaccine was in question she would not take the vaccine she received a discharge from the military she sued the military It went all the way to Washington. Steve Bannon and other national names were involved in the court in the case as well. And I know the military backed off on some of its rule on that issue, but it has nonetheless, but her husband went and got the vaccination because he needed to continue to work to, to cover the household. Well, it brought a tear to her eye and many others because here she is trying to eliminate that imposition the problem is during the emergency of the va- of the crisis we were in under covid it was not a it was a, an emergency order that got the pharmaceuticals underway and also legally held li- harmless from any liability and all of a sudden there it it rushed to market under the blessing of Mr little man fauci and uh, it, and it ended up hurting the A certain number of people statistically out of the range of acceptability, even my own doctor was telling me that she and a a cluster of a hundred doctors in the region were were quietly not prescribing any of the vaccinations because of its statistical emphasis of inacceptability
1: right. and
0: uh it turned out to be true that some of this now they came out with variants and they came out with other sub vaccinations maybe they finally got it right or got it righter on the sub variant versions but the, nonetheless many people were dying how about most recently we have a, a professional football player that almost dies as Damon Hamlin from Buffalo Bills and um, and uh, others that are dropping dead. We never knew exactly what happened to Priscilla Marie Patton. What happened? How did she die? No one's talking about it. And uh, I could name a few other examples, but you're bringing to light questioning the issues of how the system is addressing our needs. You're bringing to light how you had to step up in the case of your son to to do what government did not do, and you should be commended for that. I just uh, regret that more people did not rally in a more organized way to replacing the wrongdoers sooner, to making pharmaceutical carriers more responsible sooner, and to making government elected officials more responsive and 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 not steer our attention. So when you bring up CNN, which is talking about what your son or daughter is learning in, in in a school in a school television session, scares the tar out of me because therein lies the source of indoctrination.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So good for you give us a final plug on your book and uh, what you'd like to see, what, what your plans are in the near future.
1: So really my job is to educate parents. This is why I wrote this book. I just want to educate them, give them the answers that they're looking for, and allow them to do their own research. If they're looking for a book that, that links autism to vaccinations, read J.B. Hanley's book, How to End the Autism Epidemic. I have a small vaccine chapter that really talks about facts. It goes back to the 1986 Vaccine Act, which released, you know, big pharma and any medical personnel from, from any legal liability to vaccine injury. And I talk about VAERS, the VARS reporting system. Most people, only less than 1% of people report vaccine injury to VAERS. Now, back in October, I looked at the death rate uh, in VAERS for the COVID vaccine was over 30,000. If that's less than 1%, We're in trouble, my friend. Yeah. And I really just paint this historical picture. People think that polio was like the best thing known to man and it, it saved the world. It also killed a lot of people and crippled a lot of people. So initially it was pulled off the shelves after 30 days because it was paralyzing people. And that was what, you know, people didn't want. They did you know, they'd get polio, they'd become paralyzed. And the actual vaccine was doing just that as well. Mm -hmm. Now, Dr. Andrew Wakefield has so many different films out there that they're documentaries currently. So he's got a movie, you know, that's in the works, but the documentaries really paint the pictures. It has like the whistleblowers that come out from the CDC and really, it really talks. Yep. Yeah, Baxed one and Bax Two just by Dell Bigtree. And you know, in those films, you really get that painted picture. And he is the expert. He's the one putting his neck on the line. I am just, I'm that that parent voice. So many parents can't speak out. I'm telling you the response that I'm getting from this gene is nothing short of amazing. Parents Are they speaking can't...
0: out? Are they speaking out with you on, the, on vaccines as a res- consequence of... Um their children also having autism as well? Or is this general?
1: It's general. So, you know, Dr. Andrew Wakefield was a very prominent doctor, gastroenterologist in England, and one of the best trained with the best in the 80s and 90s. And he did a story in the Lancet, or he did a study, him and 12 other doctors, and his license was stripped from him because he made a simple statement that parents were claiming, now he didn't claim that there was a link between autism and the MMR. They were claiming that their child was regressing after the MMR. You know, this is the story of thousands, not just my story. I'm the one who's the voice. And I have so many parents that are you know, telling me, thank you. Thank you for speaking out because I can't do it. It's it's not in me to step out and put myself out there and really, you know, be in the public eye and I'm okay. I've been through this before. You have to understand, you know, insurance companies came after us many years ago and did a smear campaign on my husband. So yeah,
0: he was affecting their pocketbook.
1: Yeah. And we lost everything. I and mean, well, we didn't lose everything. We had family and we had each other. So I, I got to retract there. But we lost our home, no money. We lost his business of 20 years, all of it. And then they, they didn't stop there. They kept coming and coming and coming and the tax kept coming, but now he just fits in with the rest of them. It's like, Hey, honey, check this out. (laughs) (laughs) You're, you're part of, you're part of the whole game now. And so it's, it's really, if I can tell parents one, take care of yourselves, take care of yourselves you know, take 30 minutes, find somebody to watch your child, you know, tell your spouse or if if you're separated or whatever, you know, ask a family member, a neighbor, anybody go take 30 minutes for yourself. Take a little time to have some quiet, have a coffee, you know, calm your mind, take care of yourself. And then really honor these kids. They all have their own beautiful and wonderful contribution to society. My son is, you know, he aspires to be a film editor. He has been taking film for over four years. And I thought it was funny recently because he was really upset that they wouldn't allow his film in the film festival. And I guess it had to do with just some content. And then I was filming with Del Bigtree and Dell's like, well, you can tell Noah, he's not the only one to be kicked out of a film festival. <laughs> <laughs> so He's doing so great. And he works for himself. He goes through Fiverr and he, he does edits for people on films. He's edited my films. He's edited Steve's and you know, it's, It's great watching him grow up, but he's got his own contribution and, and he is such a loving human being. And I wouldn't change that for nothing. I would definitely change his diet these days because as a teenager, he's like, you fed me horrible food as a kid. I know I fed you real food as a kid, honey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like, sounds like a normal family to me.
1: (laughs) No, so it's, you know, love them, love them, love them, love them. And I'm very blessed. I'm very blessed that Noah made a recovery. Not all kids are making a recovery. Honestly. That
0: story on autism is very revealing. I'm glad you shared it. You have a wonderful family. I'm glad to hear Noah's on a great path. And I wish for all those suffering, well, suffering's a relative term, with, with autism in the family, um, have the benefit Impacted. of it. Easily. are impacted in some way and I hope they find you to get some insight as to your journey maybe that would send, lend some color and insight to their journey ladies and gentlemen we've been talking with tracy dot warriormom.org go check it out please it's an insight you'll you'll appreciate especially if autism or aspergers in some degree exists in your family it's worthy of your time and effort. Google her or just www.warriormom.org. Tracy, thank you for being with
1: us. Thank I you. really appreciate you. I appreciate you as well. And thank you for creating awareness. I'm, I'm forever grateful.
0: You're very welcome. Thanks everybody for joining us. Stay tuned for another edition of grassroots truth casts.
1: I'm Gene Valentino.